You're listening to Joy Coaching America with the Joy Coach, Karen Lynn Grant, spreading upbeat, uplifting, informative messages of hope and happiness from sea to shining sea from our home in the beautiful Rocky Mountains. Welcome to Joy Coaching America. This is Karen Lynn Grant, and I am here today with a wonderful guest, Jim Beckstrom, who has been such a blessing in my life. And I am so excited for all of you to be inspired and motivated by Jim today. He's got so much to share. And one of the exciting things about Jim was that I met him when I was 17 years old. He had just returned home from an LDS mission for the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. And I met Jim and what a wonderful guy. I just, I loved him. He has been such a wonderful influence in my life. We have many, many friends in common, the Alice Beckstrom, her, uh, so many people that just we love and that are back there in La Crescenta, La Cunada area. Well, today, this is our Christmas show. And I just thought, Jim, that it would be so wonderful to have you today by my side to bring hope to America about going into 2022. We've just we're bringing 2021 to a close. Some of us have really felt I'm many, many people have lost loved ones this year. There, there have been business crises and situations, but you are an expert in this area. And I'm so excited for you to share exactly what you do. You're retired, but you do something in your in your spare time, right? People, people all the time say, you know, retirement means doing nothing. It's I'm busier now than I've ever been in my life, pretty much. Now when you I, wonder when you had time to work, yeah, right? When, I, when did I have time to work? So I, I right now I do some work at the small business development centers. Uh, they're they're sponsored by the SBA, Small Business Administration. We just help businesses grow. Um, if you have an existing business, they help them grow. If we have uh, an idea, we help you take that to the next level. A lot of entrepreneurs come through and consult with us. I'm lucky to be right in the middle of between two major universities, BYU, Brigham Young University, and Utah Valley University. So we help all these amazing students. Wow. And the people who have graduated who are suffering, who like kind of lost their way, who want, knew something new, we help them with their dreams. Um, and that's the fun part that I have. I mean, it's people say, why do you do this? And I say, you know that pyramid you learned as a kid, like food is the basic and then shelter. That little top of the pyramid, that little glowing part, that's what I do now. I help people. And it's so much fun. The part about belonging and self-actualization and finding your dream and becoming the very best version of yourself and putting it out there for the community and the world in which you live. Oh, yeah. And I, and I, the nice thing about having been through a lot, and I won't say a, a lot for a lot of years, but I've been around a long time. Um, Scott, I met you when I was much older. So, you know, you're way younger than I am, which is nice for everybody <laughs> to understand that. Helps, right? <laughs> you were 21. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And, uh, you know, it's just, it's fun to think back. I thought I had handicaps. Um, I'm dyslexic. So I, I, I don't spell. I have a hard time with, you know, following through with things from ADHD. But those things have given me the skills because of my experience to really help businesses because I see things differently. Hmm. And that's a huge blessing. I mean, when we talked, I saw things differently for you. You know, people see this linear path in their life and they feel kind of in a rut because they keep going back and forth. And I say, oh, by the way, you can do this. Oh, you can do this too. Oh, if you do this, you can do this and this. And I open up lots of doors for people. And I love that because I know my handicap doesn't see things in a straight line. 
And so people in, in the world are always, let's keep everybody in chairs. Mm-hmm. Everybody stays in this row. I'm the guy who says, well, let's go climb this tree and then go swimming. And people go, what's that? And say, well, because then I learn all these other things. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it's been a really great experience for what I do. And uh, that keeps me really busy. You know, I love it because you are the perfect coach for entrepreneurs. Because as an entrepreneur, a lot of entrepreneurs have have that beautiful gift of ADD. It's like they just need to be have help and guidance in how to focus, put things into action, follow through. And I know that when I came to the small business development, is that yep. am I saying it right? The small business development, I I worked with you and it was so fun to reconnect with you after all those years. But you did, you saw something, you know, you asked me questions, you laid out Hey, Karen, what are your gifts, talents, and skills? I laid those out for you, but it's kind of like a funnel. And there's this jam at the neck of the funnel. And you see, you know that you have this ability, this ability, and this ability, but there's a jam because you don't know what to do or what to pursue or what's the next step. And you immediately saw the next step. My husband was with me. You saw that next step. You convinced him of my next step, and he went away from there more convinced of the next step that you saw. I was a little shaky. I was a little scared of taking such a big step and a big risk, but which was, Karen, you need to do your own podcast. You need to start your own podcast. Well, I can say that after that moment of meeting with you and then praying about what you saw in your visionary capacity and ability, that I was able to go to the Lord and say, okay, this is what Jim Beckstrom saw. Uh, Lord, do you see that for me? And then the doors just started opening to do this radio show, two radio shows on Saturday and on Sunday, two different radio shows, the story she sings in Joy Coaching America, completely different formats for both, but utilizing the gifts, talents, and skills that you saw in me. So I really appreciate you. I give you tons of credit for that because I was at that logjam where I didn't know what to do. And I knew I had a passion for people. I loved people. I wanted to help people through grief. I wanted to help people to find their purpose, calling, and mission. But sometimes it's harder to see for yourself. And so the gift of visionary skill that you have, that you saw for me, I really felt like you put things into divine perspective for me. And I'm so grateful for that. And I wanted to have you on the show to thank you, celebrate your gifts, but as well to give hope to people who've struggled because of the economy in 2020, now 2021, and now we're entering a new year. Do you think people have a lot of hope for 2022? Well, I think most people are so um, concerned about, I mean, they, they, they stay in the same lane and, and that keeps them afraid. You know, they're boxed in. And, and, I, and I look, when we first met, you were doing so many things and not focused because you were boxed into, well, I have to do this, I have to do this, I have to keep going. And you were wearing yourself out. And people wearing themselves out now mm-hmm. instead of finding their passion and finding their dream. You don't need to know everything to do a business. And that's the wonderful thing about what I teach people. If you know what you want to do, you can find people who love to do what they do. I mean, I know people who love to do accounting. You have to put a gun to my head to have me add numbers. <laughs> you know, so, uh, and that's the key element is, is recognizing we don't know everything. Get help, which means you connect with more people. And then your passion becomes even greater and you excel because you do good at good things. Um, one of the things I've learned in business is I always tell people, focus on what you do well and learn that well. Don't try to focus. I don't know this. I better go learn it. Listen, there's everything is out there. Somebody's an expert in. 
so you can get them. So don't be afraid to go after your passions. Just because you don't know, go with the things you know well. And I, what you want to do and what you dream and what you hope to do. I, I knew that you loved to talk to people. You just wanted to. I mean, that was what the selling products or permit. No, you want to talk to people. You love connecting with people. So this is natural for you. This is just like you're in heaven every time you do this. God has created this pathway for you to talk to people and connect. And that's the wonderful thing about I tell people, you each of you have an idea that will be, be flourishing in your life because you start connecting with yourself and with other mm -hmm. people. And and when you see that, um, and you know, you can get help from lots of people, but when you see that it's easy to draw people to you to fill the gaps. And that's really what I think 2022 is gonna be for people are gonna find out how to fill the gaps in their lives with other people. Because, you know, we've been pushed away from people and caused lots of gaps. Mm -hmm. But I think this next year is people are gonna say, how do I get ahead? I don't do it by myself. I do it with other people. I connect with people. And, and that's how we all grow fast. And it's not going to be the big corporate jumps. It's going to be the little guys who say, I have an idea, you know, and we have such great avenues to get out there. I mean, the web, podcasting, just connecting in, in businesses, walking next door to, to a small business and saying, gee, you know, I know I can help you in this business because I produce this. And then you have a, an avenue for, for your distribution stuff. I think... That's what we really need is that connection. And one of the things you're doing is helping people see their own inner self so they can find out what they want to do and connect. Oh, I love it. And I do feel that way. I feel like as I always wanted to be a, a talent scout when I was a young girl, I thought, oh my gosh, if I could just go find the talent and then put the talent together with each other. And that's exactly what you're doing. You are finding talent. You're seeing a vision for that talent and you're connecting people to one another who can help to help bring each other's dreams, visions, and goals to pass. You know, before this year and before 2020, before 2021, I think a lot of people were stuck in ruts doing things they didn't love to do. And now we have an opportunity to regroup, to go back and say, what is my purpose, calling, and mission? I just had three really best friends pass away during COVID. And it has really made me realize how fragile, how delicate, and how short life can be, and how unexpected the, the wind can change. And we have to turn our sails into the wind and go with the flow to the next part of our destination. You knew my dad. Um, he would always take us sailing, and he would he would tell me as a little girl, I'd say, Dad, I don't know how to steer. And he'd put my hand on the rudder of the boat on that stick shift thing. <laughs> and he'd say, and he put his hand over mine. And he'd say, see that speck out there, focus on that. Do not look to the right, do not look to the left, focus on that speck, and keep going. And so I would do that and I there would be waves and it would jostle me and his strong hand would be over the top of mine and he'd help me to steady, steady the boat again. But I always knew you have to focus on the speck. You have to focus on the on that light, that speck, that place out there that you want to create, to accomplish, to pursue. We'll be right back. Joy Coaching America.
from sea to shining sea and beyond. You're listening to Joy Coaching America Worldwide with show host and Joy Coach, Karen Lynn Grant. We're back. Joy Coaching America. This is Karen Lynn Grant interviewing the wonderful Jim Beckstrom, who was a dear friend of mine all the way back to age 17. Jim, you knew my dad. You knew he was a military officer, retired, and you knew he was a really strong guy. And I was just sharing about how he would help me to learn how to sail the boat, how to focus on the spec, and how to keep the boat on target for the goal. Well, so many of us have been pursuing goals and dreams up until 20. 2020, 2021, and then have the doors slammed in faces of things, dreams that they've had for their entire lifetimes. And so what I love about your work and what you get to do for people is you get to bring people hope on a silver platter and help them re-examine their strengths, their weaknesses, their disabilities, which only serves to shut some doors so they can't go that direction, but to go in a whole new direction with their life. And I would love for you to share if you have any stories about going in a whole new direction in your own life and how, how you can inspire the rest of us to, to look for those beautiful avenues of hope. Well, I mean, I, I look at my whole life has been that. I mean, I'm like you. When I was in school, uh, I have a family who was involved in Hollywood. As, in fact, as a child, I was an actor. I did commercials for Kellogg's. Was he like, whoa, hey, you know, I was in movies. Uh, but my folks saw that was a path they didn't want me to be in because my mom went to school with some famous people. So she said, I don't want you to be one of those famous people. Uh, but as a youth, I really wanted to be a designer, a costume designer. I ended up uh, working for a law firm for a while. I wanted to become a, a legal administrator. And the guy ahead of me failed the bar exam. So what do I do? Well, a friend says, hey, become a hospital administrator. You can take your education and do that. So I did that for 12 years. You know, the hospital did some politics and I was out of my ear. And like, what am I going to do now? And so I, I said, well, I'll just do some consulting. That was fantastic. And then I went for an advertising agency. I mean, I've been in lots of unique jobs because things happen. And I think that's, and at the time you get devastated. You go, this is terrible. I mean, I remember working on a project. It sounds really self-centered, but we had a, a, a grant to a major university for $750 million. Now, my commission on that was pretty good. And so I was really excited about this. It would have made our project go further. We were working with Boeing and Microsoft and the Smithsonian and with China. It was really a phenomenal, fun project. It got turned down. And I, and I was just devastated. And then we found out we couldn't get title of the property we we were developing. And I was devastated because it, 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 we lost everything on it. Mm. Five years of work. But, you know, that gave me huge contacts with people, though. And huge ability to see a bigger picture is easy to do. I mean, I used to think, well, I was never afraid of Hollywood people. But I was afraid, like, congressmen and, and people of power. Now, shoot, I can walk into congressman's office because they put their shoes on the same way I do. Uh, you know, I, I've talked to him. I sat down with him, presidents of companies. I could sit and talk to any president of company because I've been there, talked with them, some of the, the largest corporations in the world. So I'm not afraid of those people anymore because they're just like me. They're just like anybody. So that experience has given me insight to say, I don't care who you are. You can do anything you want to do. I mean, I look at these guys. In fact, I just used an example today. I was talking about Amazon and selling books. And most people don't know that they just sold books. 
And they didn't do a great job of it. It was like the first online book business. And now people can't even imagine that. I mean, he barely sells books now. You know, he sells everything else. But because he says, I can do this, you know, he did. Mm. And I think we all have that in us to say, we have an idea. And just because it's not successful now doesn't mean it won't be successful later. When you get the right people in the mix, it goes really well. Everybody who's successful has other people who do things for them. Very few people do it by themselves. And I think this is what uh, we miss in life is that connection with people and recognizing two people we need to be in touch with. Number one, higher power, whether it's it's believing in Christ, believing in God, believing in anybody, you know, Muhammad, I don't care. As long as you believe in a higher power that you can connect with so you have a spiritual basis and then believe in people. Because people, you can't do things by yourself. You really can't. I mean, as much as we say we're going to be self-motivated, et cetera, I don't know. I, I I knew a surgeon, and his surgeon was so specific. He operated on the brains of children in the womb. Wow! <laughs> and so you know, and I think if I needed that for my kids, I don't have those skills. I'm glad he had those skills. So everybody needs somebody else. But recognizing that's okay, you know, uh, just because I can't do marketing doesn't mean somebody else can't help you. Just because I, I'm not a great designer. I can visualize things. So today's world, we have this great void of people taking risk because they don't know how to connect with people. So you're saying that people don't want to take risks? Yeah, because they, they, mm-hmm. they're, they're scared. Mm-hmm. The risk they took in, in 20, 2020 failed. You know, they get crushed. So many things. And, and life is, not, is really difficult because people are afraid to do things because they want the status quo back. Now is the time to take those risks and, and go for it because... Everybody right now really wants to help everybody else. You just got to ask. Mm, and, 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 and right now, I mean, I look what you're doing with joy. To teach people joy is phenomenal. You know, I mean, I, what a, and who would have thought that 10 years ago that you have a job? What's your job? I teach people to have joy. I would have said you're crazy, by the way, 10 years ago. <laughs> I said, what do you mean you're going to teach people to have joy? But now it's, it's almost needed because people have forgot. You can forget the steps to joy. It's like a dance and it's like you get rusty. Having joy and getting in that joyful groove is, it takes focus, it takes determination, it takes resiliency, everything that you're talking about. And I love this whole concept of become the expert at what you are passionate about and then find those who are expertise have expertise in those areas that can support your dream you'll support theirs they'll support yours well i i i talk to my daughter a lot about this um we have special needs child in the family and we talk about his education and the problem we have and i even look at my boys who are, are men now is if i would have spent the money on helping them in the areas where they really excel instead of spending tons of money on math to tutors you know a fortune which they didn't understand but and so it was like pulling teeth and hammering them and beating them up to, to learn math. If I had to spend the same time on their, their high-end skills of writing and comic capabilities, they'd excel way beyond they are now. And I think that's what we miss right now. We forget that we need to focus on people who are good at, not, hey, go learn something new and try to be good at that. Take what you're great at and make it greater. You bring up an excellent point. And I'm going to go back to my dad because as a young girl, you know, my sister, Kit, Kit was the Spencer W. Kimball scholarship girl, 4.0 all through high school. Karen, myself, 
was a social butterfly. And so my father would come to me and he'd say, why can't you be more like your sister? Why can't you be more like your sisters? Because my other sister was also very, you know, brilliant in in all those reading, writing and arithmetic. But all I wanted to be was a social butterfly. I thought all I care about is people. I don't care about if I get a 2.0. I think I graduated early from Crescenta Valley High School with a 2.8 or something like that. But my father wanted me to be a certain thing. So when I told him I wanted to be a music drama teacher, he'd say, no, you don't. You want to be a court reporter because court reporters make more money. And I thought, well, the last thing I want to do is sit in court and write down all people's depressing things that happen. I don't want to be a court reporter when I grow up. So I got very confused because my father did not see at first that I was different than the other two sisters. I was completely different. I was more creative, bright brain girl that just wanted to have fun, free spirit, and just wanted to love people. That's what I wanted to do for a living. So when I went through the BYU catalog and tried to find a degree that would suit my personality, I couldn't find one. I went through the whole catalog and went, nope, nope, nope. And then I asked myself, what do you really want to be when you grow up? And I wrote, down on a piece of paper at age 17. I want to be a singer, a songwriter, an author, and a mother. That's what I want to be when I grow up. And my career ed teacher said, you can't want to be that. That's not going to make any money. And I thought, but that's what I want to do. That's who I am. What I hear you telling people today is you may have been doing something and the door may have been closed, but go now, go take some time to do some introspection. What do you really want to do with the rest of your life? What are your natural gifts and talents? What are your abilities? What are your skills? Go do some introspection and then come see Jim because he will then get this vision for you of where you can go with that, how you can accomplish it, and who's there with their areas of expertise to support you. I'm so grateful to have you here, Jim. And I just can think of nothing, no radio show that could be better at the end of 2021 than to bring people hope for where to go next at the beginning of 2022. We're Joy Coaching America, and we'll be right back. Welcome to the Loving Liberty Radio Network. To Joy Coaching America, raising the world's vibration to love, joy, and peace, one happy listener at a time. Welcome back to Joy Coaching America. This is Carolyn Grant, and we are interviewing Jim Beckstrom, who is a very gifted man in the way of coaching people to find your hidden gifts. Do the assessment on your talents, your natural gifts, talents, areas of expertise. Become an expert at the thing you love the most and go do that thing. You know, I think parents could save their children a lot of time if they would focus in on their children's gifts. And you brought up a wonderful point with your son in our last segment, Jim. I would love to have you expound on how you would coach a parent who is trying to get their child 
to go down a different route than the child's natural ability. Well, it's funny because one of the, the funny things I always say about my, one of my grandsons is that everybody expects him to be a monkey and they all climb trees and they're really good. And every, uh, my grandson is, a, is an orca, freaking the biggest killer whale out there that's dominant, but he can't climb a tree at all. He can't even climb up on the beach and be safe. But everybody judges him because he can't climb a tree. Mm-hmm. And so they want him to, to slow down. They want him to focus uh, on climbing trees and being with all the rest of the monkeys. Instead of saying, you are a phenomenal, natural-born, huge, family-centered predator out in the ocean. Mm-hmm. Be that. And I think uh, we do that too often to our children in school. They they lack in one area and they excel in another. And we say, oh, we have to fill that gap they're lacking. Instead of saying, why are we spending time and effort? Absolutely. We should just spend time and effort to say, this is what you're good at. Let's focus on this more. Uh, today's world is so different than our parents. Like you're talking about your dad, the military focus. I remember my dad was always focused what's going to make money, what's going to be the best road to take to make money. <clears throat> I think today's world, when you say, there's so many ways to monetize everything we do, uh, that being anything, you can monetize it today, which is phenomenal. And so, to focus on what you're good at and make you great at, that's what the world's looking for. People who are great at what they love to do. And that's what's going to make a big difference. And so when you have a vision or you're, you see your children struggling, say, what are they good at? What are they really good at? Um, and then they excel at that. And you might say, well, they're really good at picking up sticks. I don't know why they, well, maybe they need to be woodworking. You know, But the thing is, mm-hmm. is if they're not good at something, you can't beat them to death and make them good at it. It just doesn't happen. And it, it stifles their spirit. It stifles you because you get frustrated. And we do that to ourselves, which is even worse because we're adults. We say, well, I need to focus more on this because I need to make more money in this. Um, it's Well, if you were to focus what you're good at and got better at it, you'd naturally make more money because you'd be happier. And I think that's what we're lacking is that connection to say, let me focus on what I'm good at and get really good at it. And then I'm going to be good at everything I do. Now, some people say, well, I won't make as much money. If you're really happy doing, let's just say, guitar, and you want, you think I want to, I want to, I love guitar, and so you get you focus on you spend some time learning a little better, because you're enjoying music, you're going to be more productive in your workplace. Now you might not become a major star and, and, and cut albums, but you're going to enjoy it more because you're focusing and getting really good at what you love. That passion is going to carry over into everything you do, from your kids to your life to your neighbor. But if you don't do the guitar and you love it and you say, I got to focus on money, making money, making money, you're going to be frustrated at work. You're not going to be as productive. You're not going to be as happy as neighbor to your neighbors or a parent to your children. That's why I'm saying, look at what you do well and focus on that. And then if it, it can be monetized, which is, you'd be, I just, there's so much we can do to be monetized. It just scares me. You know, people say, well, I make ice. You could now sculpt ice and make money. You know, know, who'd have thought about that, you know, 20 years ago, 10 years ago. So all this is kind of important to to step back away from the world's how they view things and say, this is what I love to do. Let me focus on that in my life and get better at it. Because when you get better at it, you know how to get better. It'll carry through in everything you do. And, And sometimes it can be monetized, sometimes it can't. But if you can't monetize it, you're still better in everything you do. Because you're a happier person. Mm-hmm. Oh, that comes back to joy coaching. And you know what? I love you use some words that were like right going through my mind. You talked about passion. And you know, if you're doing something that you don't love, 
you're not going to be passionate about it. People are going to sense that they're going to feel that. And you're not going to attract anybody to love what you're doing if you don't love what you're doing. And so the passion is really such a gift that comes with doing what you love. I love Wayne Dyer's simple, maybe it's trite, but it's so true. Do what you love and the money will follow. If you are loving it, it, you will start a contagion. And that contagion will be irresistible to other people who will want to do something like unto you, or you will inspire them to do what they're good at. So this passion is a very key element in doing what we love because we create joy. That's how we create joy is by doing what we love. You know, being fulfilled comes with doing what we love. And I heard once, you know, I always thought God gave us our talents so that we could go bless the world. And then one day I was talking to an individual who said, who do you think God gave you your talents for? And I thought, for so that I could go bless his children. And they answered back, God gave you your talents first and foremost to bless you, to make you happy. Your natural gifts, your natural desires, your natural tendencies, those things that you feel drawn to do are to make you happy first and foremost. Then as you learn to love yourself and do those things that make you happy and joyful, then as you go share them with your neighbor and learn to love your neighbor as you love yourself and share those gifts, you may not have everybody loving what you do, but you will have others who love what you do and you will attract others to yourself. And I just I love this whole concept because I feel like people need hope that it's okay that some doors have closed. You've been through that. I've been through that. We've had some doors closed in our lives, but as we pass through them resiliently with our higher power and our relationship with that higher power intact, we find that there are blessings in disguise. Well, I I think the biggest thing is the blessings in disguise come uh, from our personal insight to who we are. And I think we have this opportunity right now, today, to make changes because that's when it that's when it occurs right now, not uh, next year I'm going to change and this time. Don't say I'm going to start doing the first year. Start this afternoon. Say, you know, I've always wanted to do this. Let me, let me just do some quick research about this. What can I do? And it, it might be a, a bunch of doors in the way. And as you go through them and say, well, you know, I like this aspect of what I do. I'm going to focus more on that and more and more. Let's go back to the guitar because I see one in your house. And and so I think about the guitar and you might say, you know, I I love guitar, but I'm really not a a musician, but I love guitars. Maybe it's building guitars. Maybe it's selling guitars. Maybe it's focusing on collecting them and and refurbishing them. You don't know your passion until you start exploring it. But if you really love guitars, there's so many ways to monetize that. Mm -hmm. And like I said before, it doesn't matter if you monetize or not. If you're passionate about something, it carries you in everything you do. I remember when I first started running a hospital, I was making more money than my dad. And my dad was working for Jet Propulsion Laboratory, mm. you know, but my dad hated his job most of the days. But when my dad started to like his work, he had a great man talk to him about, hey, Mark, you need to like what you do and just like life. And my dad loves life to be in with him. When he started doing that, he excelled at work. And did really well. Again, made more money than I was making because he should have been. But I think that's something we we forget that too. We don't take joy into what we have to do, uh, and recognize that that's just a road to get there. Mm-hmm. It's like when we drive 
we drive somewhere. We want to drive to the Tetons. It's a long drive. We want to go from here to, to Disneyland. Let's go. We want to drive from Utah to Disneyland. You go through a big, long desert, you know, mm, and, right. and, but that's part of the part of life. And I think if you, you see the end result, the joy, and you're having to go through working at Walmart and you come in every day because you say, you know, I love that I, I do pottery and I'm really enjoying this. And hey, by the way, people, hey, oh, you need help here? Great. I'm just a happy person because when I go home, I'm doing pottery. And this job provides me the opportunity to do more pottery. I might never make a fortune in pottery, but I love doing it. Mm -hmm. But I know my job lets me do that. So I'm happy. Mm -hmm. Instead of going, oh, I've got to go to Walmart today and work. It's a terrible environment. No, you're happy because you found things that you're good at and you focused on that and found joy in those things and in life. I love that whole concept as well, because that brings us into hobbies and interests that even if we are working a nine to five job that we're not really excited about, it wasn't really our passion or what we envisioned ourselves doing when we were little children, what we wanted to grow up and become, we can still have those hobbies and those passions that can grow into areas of expertise. So I love that hobbies can become lucrative, monetized forms of achievement. We'll be right back after these messages. This is Karen Lynn Grant, Joy Coaching America with our special guest, Jim Beckstrom. To Joy Coaching America, raising the world's vibration to love, joy, and peace, one happy listener at a time. We're back, Joy Coaching America, Carolyn Grant with Jim Beckstrom today, sharing with you hope for 2022 as we wind up 2021. You know, you were sharing about what I got out of that third segment was begin with the end result in mind. And it brings me to a story about my dad again. I have my dad on my mind today. Um, my father would take us every, you talked about Disneyland and the long stretches. Well, going the other direction is just as boring <laughs> because we lived in Southern California and every year we drive up to Salt Lake for Thanksgiving or Christmas at my grandparents who lived in Salt Lake City. And I was just a little girl when we started these tracks across the desert to get from California to Salt Lake City. And everybody else would be sound asleep except for me. I'd be in the back seat of the station wagon saying every five minutes for a 14-hour trip, Daddy, when are we going to get there? Daddy, when are we going to get there? Daddy, when are we going to get there? And my dad did the same thing with the sailboat phenomenon. He'd say, see that speck way out? You see that sign? It's way out there. You could hardly see this little green sign way out there. You see that sign? You focus on that. And when we get there, you can ask me again. So I'd sit very quietly and I'd watch that sign get bigger and bigger and bigger. And when I finally past it, I'd say, Daddy, when are we going to get there? But you know what? It's like with joy. We wonder, when are we going to get there? When are we going to get there? When are we going to get to joy? Is this fun? Am I having fun working where I'm working? How do we find joy in the journey? That is the question for you is 
especially for men that are often the ones I was sitting there baking Christmas cookies with my grandchildren yesterday, cutting out gingerbread, thinking some guys would love to be home from work doing that with their grandchildren and just watching all this fun stuff happen while they're slaving away at work. So share with us from a man's perspective, how to find joy in the journey when you're working in a job that maybe isn't your dream job. Oh, well, the nice thing about asking me that question is I have worked some pretty, pardon my French, crepe jobs. Crepe. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, you know, and I remember getting up at four o'clock in the morning to go to work every day hmm. and working a 12 hour shift. And it was terrible. And I was going to school at night because uh, I wanted to excel more. And were you married? Yeah. And you had and kids. Hmm. Um, but the difference is I knew that the path I was taking was going to make it better for my children and for what we were doing. So it wasn't a matter of I hated the job. It was like I tolerated the job because I saw it as a means to an end. And I think too often we 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 see it as complete. We don't see an end vision in sight. Mm-hmm. And, we, and we have to see that. We And knowing your vision is probably more important than just, just doing going through the thing and thinking about your vision. Knowing this is what I want to be, what I want to do. Uh, And it changes all the time. I mean, I look at people and I say, they go from being one of this to that, to this, to that. But long as they keep having a vision for what they want to do, and then they find their passion within that vision, they can tolerate pretty much anything, which is amazing. Um, I think it's one of the gifts God gave men that says, you'll go do this because we gave you this passion to stay married and have children Mm -hmm. and to to be devoted to that family, uh, because that's really the important things of life. And so... We tolerate lots of stuff, and it's boom. you do. You guys do. You tolerate lots of stuff. You know, I I look back at my dad, and I I remember my dad when we were little. I mean, he worked for Bendix. He worked at a gas station. He helped make pools, and you know, he did lots of stuff just to make sure we could do things. Mm. My mother would say to us all the time, "We couldn't work when we were in high school uh, during sports because she said no." You need to be focused on those good things. And it's like, what do you mean? You know, I mean, I, I want money. Now, you need to do this first because that's important. If you enjoy high school and have a great time, you're going to enjoy life a lot better. And it, it really was a big difference in my life. You know, when we worked and we made money, you know, off and on. But my mom was basically very much, if you're going to do sports, you commit to it and do and do that. And we'll help support you. We'll mm-hmm. keep you, you know. Which is great. I didn't get it. They didn't give me a car. They didn't, you know, it's just they kept food on the table and clothes on my back, um, which was great. But so I enjoyed the opportunity to have sports and do other things. And I think sometimes as parents, we we insist on money instead of having our kids learn the mm-hmm. value of enjoying life. Mm-hmm. And once you learn to enjoy life, then that's what life is about. And I, every time I think about, you know, because you said me, you know, your things about joy coaching, it always brings me back how important joy is in life. And if you see that, especially in business, and you see the joy in life, you can tolerate business. I mean, you could tolerate digging ditches. I remember one time, and I, I'm not a little guy, I'm 6'3", and I, they had me crawling inside pipes to ban them, which means you crawl a little pipe, and you take cement between the connections in pipe, and you put cement in the pipes. Well, you crawl through sewer pipes, Wow. And I'm sure they did this just to be just to say, just Jim, you're the low man on the totem pole. You're going to go do this. Uh, but that that didn't matter, you know, because I needed to job to pay for the house, take care of the kids. And it was it was difficult, but it was it was it was wildly fun. And I look back on the experience. 
I'll never do that again. I know that. But if somebody is having difficulty, I say you can do anything you, if you need to. But if you if you don't have joy in life, it's hard to do those things. You know, people quit jobs because they're too stressed, anxiety, because they don't have joy in their life. Mm-hmm. You know, and I really think that's the biggest problem with this disconnect in the workplace we see right now. People are quitting because work is terrible. People are mean because they don't have any joy in their personal lives. So they find all their joy at work, which is a good thing, but it's also a really bad thing because there's more to life than just work unless it's your own company. And, and so these kids want to belong and they're not getting accepted to belong in a company. The, the, it's just, it's either toxic or they don't mm-hmm. recognize the, the value of people. So they just look at them as numbers. Mm-hmm. And so they quit. They say, I don't want to do this anymore. But the places where they treat the people well, they stay forever. They love the job. And I think that's one of our, we were talking about how does somebody cope and do this as a man is they, they find joy in their family and they, they bring that to work. And I think that's what we're looking for now is, you know, what we were talking about from the beginning is, is taking that risk and finding what really brings you joy in life and focusing on that and getting good at that. If you can't monetize that, it's still going to help you monetize yourself because you're going to be a happy person. That's who you want to hire is happy people. That's you right. want to hire grumpy people. They might be able to get the job done, but then everybody else around them quits. And so you have one guy who's really good, but your factory collapses because he's just toxic. You know, and so I, and I think uh, we have to take a hard look at our lives right now and, and bring it back to, to finding joy in our lives. Once we find that joy, we capitalize on it and it's just going to filter through everything else. And I think that's it. Men have that unique blessing from God, uh, our maker, that we're tied to a family idea and it, it's part of who we are. And so we find joy in that. It, it lets us do things that are hard in work. And if you look at it, and everything that's happened, even even going out uh, the military, they find joy in our country and they're willing to go sacrifice their lives. Um, all those things are, are part of who men are. And, you know, it's just, and people say, well, that's, you know, everybody's the same. Now they're not, you know, it, it's difficult. But I think we just need to find that point in our lives that says we mm-hmm. we have things we love to do. Let's get really good at them. And if we can't monetize them, we keep just do them anyway. Just keep doing them because that joy is going to boil over into everything else you do. Relationships work. And when you're happy at work, everybody's happy at work. And so I think that's what we need in this upcoming year is to really focus on who we are and find out what we really our passions are, find joy in our life as itself. And then all of a sudden it becomes boils over into everything we do. And you say, well, I, I just need a better job, pays more money. Uh, who would you want to hire? Somebody who says, well, I can do the job, you know, thanks. Or, oh man, I, I love life. What do you got for me to do? I, I need to earn money because I, I just love life and I want to do this other stuff. Great. You know, I love to travel. Well, if you can't monetize your traveling, let's get you a job that you love that says we have time off all the time. Great. I want to, I want to, I want to focus a job. I'll work 12 hours a day for six months out of the year. And then I think six months off. Uh, you're the kind of employee I want. <laughs> I love it. I love it. I hear in what you're saying a real call to all of us to cultivate a joyful heart. As we do that, and we can bring that joyful heart to whatever we do, whether it's filling sandbags for a community who's having a flood or going out and helping a neighboring state with their tornadoes, whatever we do, 
that we bring an attitude of joy. And that comes from within. That comes from your very own fountain within. And so I would love to just encourage each one of us who are listening to this show, this podcast, because I love what Jim's brought to us today. He's encouraging us to find our interests, be passionate about those things that we love, even if it's a hobby at this point, even if it's not being monetized, to to love it, to let it bring you joy, to let that joy spill over into the, some of the harder things that you have to do or that you are doing for the sake of the people that you love and to just be joyful. Um, being joyful is a step-by-step process. I remember after going through divorces, uh, several of them, that I would have to go back to my higher power and say, could you remind me the steps to joy? I think I forgot. I, I got off on the wrong foot here. Could you show me how to do those joy steps? And I can tell you that I had to start with a moment of bliss. I had to acknowledge, oh, this feeling that I'm feeling right now, this is joy. I'd roll down my window. I'd turn on the radio. I'd sing, sing at the top of my lungs as I was driving down the freeway. And I'd say, I'd say, okay, this is joy. I had to remind myself, we have to have those reminders of what is joyful to us. It's not going to be the same for all of us, but find those things that bring you happiness, do them and cultivate that beautiful, admirable spirit of a joyful heart. And then share that, divide the joy, uh, Divide the joys with everyone we meet. Let's go into 2022 with a joyful heart. Jim, I'm so grateful. If you could wind this show up for us in a sentence of something that you would like to encourage everybody to do. We have a few seconds left. I'd love to hear your closing remarks. I think what I would say is focus on what you're good at in life. If you focus on what you're good at and make it better, everything around you is going to be better. I don't care if it's just that you clean your nails really well. It's if you focus on what you're really good at and get really good at it and better at it, become the best at it, it's going to boil over to everything you do. And I think that's what we need in this, this world is focus on what's good. Thank you, Jim. This was a wonderful show. I love spending this hour with you. This is Karen Lynn Grant, Joy Coaching America.